Praise God. And uh, I love all the young people here. And uh, I, love, I love the fact that my children, amen, could be around this great group of young people. Praise God. And let me just tell you, there's something really special that is taking shape here at Apex. Praise God. And uh, yeah, this is a very unique camp. Praise God. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, I, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Amen. You know, that felt really good. Tell your other neighbor, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes you got to just get that out into the atmosphere and let all the spirits that are trying to fight for your allegiance and your attention, you got to just let them know my heart is wrapped up in Jesus. My heart is wrapped up in Jesus. Isaiah 43 and verse number 18, the word of the Lord says, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Can you say amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is powerful and it is anointed. God, I'm asking you today humbly that your spirit would speak to me, that it might speak through me and to your people. They're a wonderful people. You love them dearly. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, speak through me now as the oracles of God that I may edify the hearer. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Everyone say, Amen. Everyone shout, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. As I stated last night, I am going to preach to you about three different types of young people. The first is the type that we preached about last night, and that is the type of young person you never want to be. The second is the type of young person you might be. And the final is the type of young person you can be. Tonight, I'm going to preach to you about the type of young person you might be. This type of young person has a special place in my heart because I spent many years being this type of young person. I was the type of young person who never would have thought I would overcome all the negative and adverse effects of being the child of divorced parents. I was the type of young person who never would have thought I could become the man I need to be because I was raised by a single mother. I was the type of young person who never would have thought I would experience success in life because I did so poorly in elementary school, high school, and in college. I was the type of young person who never would have thought 
I would come out of deep and miserable bouts of depression and two attempted suicides. I was the type of young person who never would have thought that after years of consistent drug abuse and self-abuse, I would be clean and sober. I was the type of young person that never would have thought I would marry a woman as prayerful, godly, and educated as my wife. I was the type of young person who never would have thought I would have two daughters who I love so dearly and who love me more than I deserve. I was the type of young person that after so many years of ups and downs, altar calls and prayer meetings, fastings and frustrations, open doors and closed doors, would be the pastor and leader of God's wonderful people in California. I was the type of young person that really never would have thought that I would be standing here before you today. And the reason I never thought these things is quite simple, and it can be found in Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The reason I never thought things could get better is because my thoughts are not God's thoughts. And what God thinks of me, even in my lowest moments, is always far better than what I can think about myself. And I came to preach to some young people tonight that whatever you've been thinking about yourself and whatever you've been thinking regarding your life, your setbacks, your disappointments, your ups and your downs, it's nowhere near what God's been thinking about when it comes to your life. The Lord spoke through the prophet Jeremiah in 29 and 11, and he said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Let me encourage you tonight. Uh, amen. You will not always be where you are right now. Uh, in fact, before this service is over, we're going to move the needle in your life uh, and you will walk out better uh, than what you walked in. Uh, amen. Let me encourage somebody tonight. Uh, quit listening to the devil who's been lying to you day and night uh, telling you uh, things will never get better. The devil is a liar. Things are going to get better. Things are going to change. You're not going to always be hurt. You're not going to always be broken. You're not going to always walk in the shadow of a divorce. You're not not going to always walk around in the shadow of being an adopted child. Uh, there's coming a day in your life, uh, and by the time this service is over, you're going to be closer to that day. Uh, by the grace of God, uh, if you can just mix your faith uh, with what you're hearing preached, uh, I'm telling you, the needle's going to move. Uh, you're going to come out of depression. Uh, you're going to come out of bouts of suicide. Uh, you're going to come out of self-abuse, drug abuse. Uh, you're going to come out of all kinds of mess. Uh, amen. I believe I'm preaching to some young people tonight uh, that the devil's been lying to you uh, and telling you uh, your dad's divorced, your mom's divorced. Uh, you better not get married. Uh, hey, I believe that before this service is over, uh, you're going to be hearing some wedding bells. Uh, you can be the man and the woman uh, that your parents... Come on, somebody. 
Oh, somebody give God some praise right now. Come on. I hear the sound of a better day. I hear the sound of a better life. I hear the... Oh, praise him. I know you're tired. I promise I won't preach long. You don't need to preach long. It just, you know what needs to happen? You just receive this. You just embrace this. I don't care who's behind you. I don't care who's looking at you like that's not, he's not preaching to you. I'm preaching to you. You're going to get better. Your life's going to get better. Not because you're good. Not because but because God is good. Not because you're perfect, but because God is perfect. Not because you got it all together, but because God has it all together. Not because you know tomorrow, but God knows tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Oh, come on, help me preach right now. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah. Come on, magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah. Hey, I appreciate the way you young people are worshiping right now. It's been three long nights. Amen. And I know that they've been power packed and I know you love Jesus. Amen. But you're worshiping really good right now. But let me tell you, I'm going to need your help tonight, not to preach, but I'm going to need your help. Amen. Amen. And cooperating with me and agreeing with me when I tell you, amen, hallelujah, that it is unacceptable, amen, to worship your thoughts. Your thoughts are not God. Your ideas are not God. Your opinions are not God. You're em- we got way too many apostolics that worship God on Sunday, but on Monday they worship their opinions. On Tuesday they worship their conclusions. On Wednesday they worship their assertions. On Thursday they worship their calculations. On Friday they worship their predictions. Amen. On Saturday they worship their imagination. How about we get so full of God right now? How about we believe God for a better day and a better life and a better end? and a better future uh, to the point where we don't worship any thought uh, that runs through our mind. Uh, We worship the thoughts of God. Uh, We worship the mind of God. Uh, We worship God himself and God alone. And Praise him, praise him, praise him. You know, I know nobody thinks they worship their thoughts. And I could go on for days about this. But I have, I, have, I, I have to talk to you specifically about not worshiping the thoughts you have about yourself. Because you have a bias of thinking downward. When you look in the mirror, you don't notice all the things that are right about you. You always notice all the things that are wrong about you. This is one of the effects 
of original sin. When Adam and Eve fell, the first thing they did is try to cover up their bodies. They were, they were thrown huh, into a state of self-loathing. Huh? They didn't like the way they looked. Huh? They didn't like the way they looked to each other. Huh? And so they hid from each other and they hid from God and they hid from themselves. Huh? They didn't like themselves. Huh? And the devil still works on a lot of us because huh? we have no idea. Huh? Amen. What our, what our warped mind thinks. Huh? Amen. And how wrong it is huh? and how much it does not align with God's thoughts uh, about you. Uh, hey, I'm telling you, when you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, I don't like my hair. Uh, I wish it was longer. Uh, I wish it was straighter. Uh, I wish it was this and I wish it was that. Uh, God is saying, I love you. Uh, you've been obedient. Uh, you've kept it uncut. It's beautiful, not because it's long, not because it's curly, not because it's brown or it's blonde. It's beautiful because it's worn in obedience. It's beautiful because... Come on, somebody. Come on. Oh, come on. I don't care if your hair is straight. I don't care if your hair is kinky. I don't care if your hair. I don't care if your hair don't go past your weight, your shoulder. Amen. If you're keeping it uncut, it's a glorious thing. It's a beautiful thing. I don't care if it's thinning out and you got bald patches. It's a beautiful thing. It's a thing. Stop worshiping your thoughts about yourself. Stop. Come on, magnify Jesus. Pray. Oh, magnify him. Praise him. Praise him. You know, the Apostle Paul, I believe it's in Ephesians. He says, you were sometimes darkness. If you're not careful, you'll misread that and insert a preposition. And you will read it as many of us do. And then we say it. I was in darkness. That's not what he said. He said, you were darkness. Honey, you weren't in darkness. You were darkness. Before you got the Holy Ghost. You weren't dabbling in darkness. You weren't surrounded by darkness. You were the darkness. I don't care if you had pigtails, missing teeth, and had been raised in Pentecost. You were still darkness until you got the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you're first generation, second generation, third generation. All of us have the potential to slip back into darkness. All of us can start thinking like darkness, talking like darkness, acting like darkness, walking like darkness. And so you have to pray through at apex. And you got to stay prayed through after apex. And you got to stop worshiping every thought that runs through your head about yourself. Because if you let you do all the talking, you is going to tell you you're no good. And God is saying, I love you. And you are going to tell you you're worthless. And God says, you're my priceless treasure. And you are going to tell you you are done. You're 
her no good. And God's going to say, I got plans for your life. I'm going to. Oh, come on, praise him, praise him. We love predictions. Your brain is a predicting machine. We're addicted to, we're addicted to predictions about the weather. Hey, let me just tell you, it's going to be hot. <laughs> but we don't want to hear that. We want somebody who's really smart and has a suit on to tell us what the future looks like. We want a prognosticator. And you know, there's times when we love to take, amen, the role of the prognosticator, the predictor, uh, and tell ourselves, you know what? You probably won't make it to Apex next year. You know what? You didn't really get touched last night. Uh, there's no hope for you now. Uh, hey, you know what? Uh, amen, your parents are about to get divorced and the pastor don't know it, uh, but somehow God's talking to Brother Prado and that seems kind of odd. Uh, but I still don't think that's going to make a difference. When you're 21, the devil is a liar. This service is going to make a difference. This preaching is going to make a difference. God sent Brother Prado for a reason. God's preaching to you for a reason. Quit worshiping your predictions. Quit worshiping everything that... Oh, magnify the Lord. You're looking at somebody that was single a long time. It took me forever to get married. And I had to stop. I had to stop contending with God about the future he had prepared for me. Because every time I'd get really hype about what God could do, the devil would come and say, not you. And you know what I'd say? Amen. I didn't know if I was going to be Paul. Listen, I don't mean to offend anybody. I do not like animals. I'm allergic to cats. I'm allergic to dogs. I'm allergic to catfish. I'm allergic, I'm allergic to allergies. <laughs> Let me tell you something about humans and animals. The first emotion ever mentioned in the Bible that humans have is loneliness. And loneliness is different than being alone. Because you can be surrounded by people and be lonely. And loneliness is dangerous. By God's own verbiage, it is not good. Hey, you listen to me. You do not have the right 
Nobody in this building, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're Pastor Jack Frost from the First Church of Frigid Air, you do not have the right, you do not have the right to speak evil against the ordinances of God. Don't you ever get to the point where you start saying, I don't need a man, I don't need a girlfriend, I don't need a wife. I, that is of the devil, and I, I said that, I said that. I may not get invited back, but I still said that. Marriage is an institution that has been ordained by God, and nobody, not first wave, third wave, tenth wave, feminists have a right to speak about it, and no incel, amen, hallelujah, PlayStation, porn watching, amen, hallelujah, twisted young man should be speaking against marriage. No matter how messed up you are, no matter how backslid you are, you ought to be thinking to yourself, I'm coming out of this, I'm not going to be like this, God's got a wife for me God's got a husband for me it's gonna happen for me it's not good for me to be this way God I don't have a job now but I'm getting one I don't have I don't have a lot of money in the savings but I'm gonna start saving now I don't somebody help me preach right now I'm talking to you I'm talking to you and I'm a shout over the devil and I'm a shout over I remember the day I was driving. I was driving over the San Mateo Bridge where I live, and I thought to myself, I'm getting a dog. I'm tired of praying for a wife. I'm getting a dog. Don't even like them. I think you got like five of them. I seen them. I ran from them. Hey, do you know that God tested Adam on these lines? When he, when he saw that Adam was lonely, the first thing he did, he, he brought all the animals to him. And the scripture says, and there was not found a help me for him among the animals. Don't you ever, I don't, you know, I know, I, I know you love animals, some of y'all. But don't you ever let a cat, a dog, a lot of cats take the place of a spouse. Hey, hold on, hold on. Hey, I'm preaching to some young couples right now. You need to get rid of the dog and go ahead and have a baby. I said that. Some of y'all are messing around, buying all kinds of pets and animals. Nothing takes the place of human relationship. Nothing takes the place of having a child. Nothing takes the place of having a wife. Nothing takes the place of having a husband. God or... Hey, I'm preaching good right about now. I just felt some, I felt the marriage anointing come on me. I'm preaching to you. I know there's some young couples thinking he ain't talking to us. Let me tell you right now, I would, I would give up a dog in a heartbeat to have a child. I'd get rid of my favorite cat to have a child. I'd get rid of anything I, that was hindering me to have a husband, to have a wife. I would not let anything come between me and that which God has declared is good. We're playing too much. We're playing too much games. It's time to get rebellious, get married, have kids, have grandkids, raise them in church, talk in tongues, run the aisles, go to Apex and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. Hey, you know what? I remember the first time I... I used to take Hebrew classes. I was the only Gentile in a church full of Jews. 
And I remember the day my Hebrew teacher said, you know, I know a lot of people think amen means so be it. She says, it does mean that. She said, but within the Jewish community, she said, it's also an acronym. In each letter, in Hebrew, amen only has three letters, the equivalent of an A, an M, and an N. And the A makes an E sound. And they made it an acronym where each letter means something. And when they say amen, they say that the acronym for that is Elohim Elech Ne'eman, which means God, my king, is faithful. When you... Hey, you ought to shout amen when I tell you God's got a wife for you because God is faithful. You ought to shout amen when I tell you that God's got a husband for you because God is faithful. You ought to shout amen when I tell you you ought to shout amen. You ought to... The devil's been, there's a young couple here, you might be counselors, and the devil's been telling you you'll never have children. Amen. As I preach, you ought to be shouting amen. You ought to be thinking about selling the dog. You ought to be thinking about letting the cat go. And you ought to start holding on to the promises of God. I'm out of my lane right now, but I'm going to stay out of my lane until I kick the devil out of your lane. Until... Somebody give God some praise. Hey, God said, I have an expected end for you. Can I tell you? He's not expecting you to be the one that guarantees it. He said, I have an expected end. But you're not the one that's going to guarantee that it happens. It is God who is going to guarantee that it comes to pass. Hey, let me tell you, where you're at right now, you won't always be there. Amen. I'm telling you, there are some promises that God is going to put into action tonight. There are some things that God is going to start rolling out in your life tonight. And he is going to get to the expected end. He has for you, Susie. He has for you, Elizabeth. He has for you, Angela. He has for you, Daniel, Tommy, John. Amen. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God has an expected end for your life. And it's a good one. It's a blessed one. It's a happy one. It's a married one. It's a children one. It's an employed one. It's a giving one. It's a getting one. Hey, Amen. Help me to preach right now. Amen. Hey, you know what? Before you get to your expected end, let me tell you this. You are going to go from glory. Everybody shout glory. You are going to go from glory to glory. Hey, I know. 2 Corinthians 3.18. The apostle Paul starts talking about glory to glory. And what he's talking about is the glory of the Old Testament compared to the glory of the New Testament. And the glory, amen, uh, of all the prophets that existed in the Old and the glory of Jesus Christ. But he says that we will go from glory to glory. And the way he makes that conclusion is because you are the receptors and the carriers of the New Testament. It is inside of you. The Bible says it is an anchor for your soul. 
And let me just tell you, wherever the New Testament is, God's going to be doing a new thing. Wherever the New Testament is, it's going to be going from glory to glory. Wherever. Yeah. Come on, praise him right now. Yes, yes, let's praise him right now. Let's pra- Hey, the scripture says, well, let me say this. Every season in your life does not have to be beautiful nor pleasant to be glorious. Hey, I'm telling you some of life's greatest lessons are learned in the hardest times. And hard times are often more responsible for teaching us the most glorious lessons about God, faith, life, and genuine goodness. But we get stuck. We get stuck on stuff when it's not pretty. We get stuck when mom and dad go in the room, lock the door, and start screaming at each other. That's all right. If I need to speak, yo, yo hablo español. I can preach in Spanish. And I'll, me and the few Hispanics here will go ahead and just wrap this up. Gloria a Dios. Praise God. Hey, you get, your life could look like a Russian roller coaster. Up and down, up and down. You could have, hey, this is a reality. We got, we got kids here. I don't know who you are, but I'm talking to you. You live at mom's house. Most, you know what? I'm going to tell you something the Holy Ghost told me to say last night. I'm going to say it right now. Obey your mother. I don't know who I'm talking to. But the Holy Ghost told me last night, and I forgot to say it, but I'm saying it right now. Obey your mother. I, I'm going to say that again. Obey your mother. I said obey your mother. You know why I'm saying that, Brother Posey? Because there's kids here that dads are drunk. Dad left church. Dad don't care no more. Dad's, dad, dad's all wrapped up in the union and got a lot of opinions about the pastor. Amen. Dad, dad messing around and dabbling with all kinds of messed up stuff. And mama's trying to raise you. And you're giving your mama a hard time. I'm preaching. Yo le estoy predicando unos jóvenes. Tú ni sabes quién es tu papá. Y está siendo rebelde y terco en contra de tu madre. Y el Señor me dijo que pares con esas tonterías. Oh, Obedezca tu madre. Yeah. I'm, you don't want me to translate that. We talk different to one another. Praise God. But I'm just letting you know. Amen. There are some young people here. Your mama's been raising you. And you're giving her a heartache, a headache. You're making her, you're making her lose her mind. And God sent this preacher on behalf of your mother to tell you to cut it out. Just stop it. Just stop it. Life's already hard. Don't make it harder. Life's already meant. Don't tell her what your dad said about her. You honor your mother. You love your mother. I don't. I'm reading somebody's mail and paying for the stamps right about now. Come on, praise him, praise him.
to magnify the Lord here. We need to worship Jesus and receive that. Come on, that's a serious word right there. Hey, you know what I feel in my heart right now? There's a young man right now. You're going to go from giving your mom headaches and heartaches. Amen. And before this service is over tonight, you're going to get so aligned with God uh, that you're going to be talking about buying your mama a house. Uh, you're going to start talking about being everything uh, that your daddy wasn't. Uh, you're going to start talking about... You're going to start talking about, amen, aligning with the pastor, aligning with the Bible, aligning. You're going to walk out here talking about, I'm going to make my mama live right. I'm going to make my mama comfortable. If it's the last thing I do, dad can keep his money. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Your dad's wealthy, but he's stingy. He didn't want to tithe. He didn't want to give an offering. He left your mother, and you've been siding with him lately. you got to cut it out. You need to get on Team Jesus. Line up to Jesus. Line up to the Word. Line up with your mother and get the blessings of God rolling in your life first chance you get buy her a car first chance you get buy her a house and the Lord is gonna bless you and the Lord is gonna take care of you and the Lord is gonna be good to you and I wish somebody would shout I wish somebody would shake the devil off I wish I'm going out of here blessed. You want to, I'm going a little deeper. I'm saying more than I should, young person. I got a lot. I got more notes than we got time tonight. But let me tell you this. The Bible says that Gideon used to thresh his wheat in the wine press. That's not where you thresh wheat. But there was a problem. The Midianites kept taking the wheat of the Israelites. There was no problem with the wheat. There was plenty of blessings. The problem was that Israel kept disobeying, kept disobeying God. And so God raised up the Midianites to take everything that was good in the promised land. And Midian said, I'm tired of having of having Midianites rob me of all that God has given to me. He said, I'm going to go down to the wine press. I'm going to go deeper. I'm going to go deeper. And I'm going to take the little bit I got and I'm going to thresh it in the wine press. And I'm going to keep everything God has given to me. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to keep all the... Sometimes. Hey, I'm... 
I'm just telling you, when life gets hard, you need Apex because it's a wine press where you can thresh your wheat. Amen. Apex is a wine press where you can go a little bit deeper. Amen. And take what you can take the little bit of blessings that you and your mom are holding on to ever since your daddy left and start threshing that stuff and start keeping that stuff. You could. You may have came to Apex a boy, but you can leave a man, and you don't need. You know what? There's a young man here, and I know how you feel because my dad did it. You're mad that your dad left, and you're thinking to yourself, like I was thinking to myself, how will I ever become a man? Let me tell you something. A man that leaves his, his wife and his son, amen, is not a man you want to learn anything from other than how not to be. And I know, I know I'm probably upsetting some people, but I'm going to go ahead and upset some people because I'm... I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost said. Obey your mother. Quit giving her a hard time. Work with the blessed. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. Hey, you want to know how committed God you know, Jesus could have said when his disciples asked him how to pray, he could have said, oh, our great tower, our great lion of Judah. That's not what he said. He said, when, when you pray, you pray like this, our father. I'm going to tell you one of the things I loved about being saved is I got a dad. Yeah, that's right. I didn't have a dad. Hey, I love talking to tugs. I love wearing suits and nice ties. Hey, I, man, I, I, I love, Pentecost gave me a wife and children. But I'm telling you, I love the fact that I got a dad. I needed a brother, How I needed a father. Hey, I'm telling you, I was 19 years old. I was a hot mess. And I had a God that put his arm around me, said, I'm going to teach you how to balance that checkbook, boy. I'm going to teach you how to tithe. I'm going to teach you how to give offerings. I'm going to teach you how to lock yourself up in a room and pray. And I will give you the wisdom you need. And I will give you the guidance. You need a job, start talking to me about it. You need a new pair of shoes, start talking to me about it. You need, come on, you need to pay rent at your mom's house to help her. Start talking to me about it. Quit crying about your dad. If he wanted to be in your life, he would have been in your life already. He's gone and he's not coming back. I'm sorry. I know I'm hurting somebody's feelings. I'm not trying to gas you. I'm not trying to hurt you, but I'm trying to get you connected to the sun. Hey, I'm telling you right now, God wants to have a deeper relationship with you and start showing you things that your father did. Come on, somebody. Come on. You know what? When the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, 
the first thing Moses did was he made them line up under flags. And each one of those flags represented, amen, the name of a father of those tribes. We don't get it, amen, but a lot of the Israelites didn't know who their dad was, amen, hallelujah. And so when they crossed the Red Sea, he told them, start lining up under your flag. But before you do, I want you to know that I am am Yehovah, your flag, your banner. And what he was telling them is if you don't know who your daddy is, you're looking at him right now. If you don't know what tribe you belong to, you belong to me so get you know what he told him brother Posey get under the flag and face the tabernacle if I could preach to you tonight I'd be preaching to you about get under the flag and and let your life focus on the tabernacle church Monday church Tuesday church Wednesday church Thursday church Friday church Saturday church Sunday church 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 time with my father time with my dad time with my God time Let's magnify Jesus right now. Oh, praise him, praise him, praise him. Let's slip our hands into her, into the air quietly. Let's, let's be sensitive to God right now. I see little crowns of wisdom falling on heads right now. I see little crowns of wisdom. I see instructions. I see basic instructions before leaving earth falling into the hearts of young people right now. I see godly and fatherly advice coming down from heaven right now. I'm telling you, there's young people. I know that this, I know that some of you had good parents. All you kids who have good parents, help us right now to make an opening in heaven. All you pastors, help us right now. Amen. To make a big opening in the heavens so that the young people who need a father, so that the young people that have to walk through valleys with their mothers, amen, would have that right now. They would have the wisdom they need. The Bible says, do any of you lack wisdom? Let them ask of God who gives it liberally and abrades it not. God's not mad at you that you don't know what you're doing. God's not upset with you. He knows you're young. He knows you've been left. But he's going to give you instruction and wisdom if you'll just ask for it. If you'll just pray for it. If you'll just let him know, Jesus, if you don't help me, nobody's going to help us. Jesus, I got a little brother. He's looking up to me. You have to help me. Jesus, my mom has to work. 
I have to watch my sister. I have to watch my brother. You have to help me, Jesus. I don't know what to do. God, help me. I need you to come into my life. I need you to give me wisdom. I need you to give me instruction. I need you to balance me out. I need you. Mamas and daddies in the back. The Holy Ghost is in this house. Spoken in a word. You know where to go. Come on, let's find somebody and lay your hands on them. Wrap them up. Come on. The man of God has preached us into a portal from heaven tonight. Come on. Come on, young man. Come on, young man. If you'll get a hold of what he's preached to you tonight, he'll change your destiny. He'll change your trajectory. Come on, men of God, help me pray. Come on, pastor. Come on, dear saints, put your hands on somebody. Lay your hand on them and pray for them in the Holy Ghost. Come on, young man, young woman. If the Holy Ghost is talking to you, slip out of your pew and come bury your face in this altar. Come on, you got to go towards it. I will. I will not stay like this. Come on, tonight's your first step. Step out. Step out. Get up and step out. I'm going toward it. I'm going toward it. I'm going toward it. Oh, that's it, church. That's it, church. Let the Holy Ghost roll up out of you. Come on, moms and dads, counselors. Let the Holy Ghost roll up out of you. Prophesy over them by speaking in other tongues. I have thoughts of good for you and not of evil. Come on, the word of the Father's in the house tonight. Woo! That's it, young man. You're not a failure. There's a word in this house for you tonight. Come on, young lady, get up out of that. Woo! Huh. 